This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. It's Saturday night. It's 1215, and you are listening live tonight. We are live in the studio, 313-838-1035. For the next hour, we will be here taking your calls. If you have prayer, you need someone to come into agreement with you, to believe God, to touch you, to heal you, to set you free, to save you from some type of difficulty that you're in, call tonight, 313-838-1035. You know, it's been a busy summer, and there have been times where I've been away, most of the summer, actually. But tonight, if you have a question, or if you need someone to come together in agreement with you in prayer, 313-838-1035. I'll be here the next hour. I'll take your call, and I'll believe God. It's that lonely hour of the night. Where you're crying out to God. Your spirit is saying, Lord, there has to be more. I need a touch from your spirit. And we're here tonight to bring to you that agreement. Matthew 18, 18 to 20 says that the two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that ye shall ask. It shall be done for you of my Father which is in heaven. If you're looking for some agreement tonight, call into the studio. Don't be shy. Call in. That is what we're here for. I want to thank you for tuning in, friend. We love you. And we're here for you tonight. I want to remind you before we get started that we have some exciting things here going on at Chris Palmer Ministries. Uh, like always, I want to inform you of our podcast where you can catch all of our shows. Someone said, where do you put all these shows at? It's late at night. I can't get on. And I want to catch your show. We'll go on our podcast, On the Road with Chris Palmer. But in more exciting news, the book that I've been telling you about, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, it's the very first book that I have written. And it is out and it is available for you to get. Now, there are some people that pre-ordered, and I have questions. Those pre-orders will go out next week. But if you didn't pre-order and you haven't ordered it yet, I'm excited about it, and I want you to order it. You say, well, what's the book about? Well, I can tell you. It is a comprehensive guide to the born-again, spirit-filled life. Have you been frustrated and said, I have someone who just got born again, or someone that's been born again for 25 years, and they don't know what happened to them when they were born again. And... uh they need to know. You can get it in this book. Three parts. The first part will tell you exactly what happened when you gave your heart to Jesus by trusting in Him by faith. The second part will tell you about revelation knowledge. And the third part will talk to you about the paraclete, the helper. The Greek word para means to come alongside. It means to run parallel with. Your paraclete, the helper, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside and He becomes your tour guide through this life. And He begins to help you fortify yourself against the weaknesses. Yes, I said weaknesses. There are weaknesses that you have. These weaknesses are not coming out of your spirit, though. Because your spirit is with Him. You have been accepted in the Beloved. The Beloved being Jesus Christ. He's the Beloved of the Father and you are accepted being in Him. So I explained to you what it means to be in Christ. What it means to be to have an authentic relationship with with the Holy Ghost. You are not going to be able to be very successful as a believer, friend, until you begin to authentic, get an authentic relationship with the Spirit of God. I was trying to say a word that I don't know how to say. But this book will teach you how to do that. You know, many times when churches are personality-driven or they're driven by a, an icon or a novelty, we have a dependency to live our lives vicariously through these ministers and preachers. 
That's not what God wants you to do, though. He wants you to develop your own relationship with the Spirit of God. You know how many people's identity is just in their pastor or in their apostle or whatever? Your identity is in Jesus Christ. And if the Holy Spirit comes along and moves you away from the church that you're in, you say, well, he would never do that. I wouldn't doubt if he, I believe he might actually do that. Uh, he moves people out of different churches. And if he did that, your identity has to be in Jesus. You have to know yourself apart from everybody else. And so I'm going to talk to you in the book about how to establish that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Also, I'm going to be teaching this book. Now, people write and they say, where can we come see you teach and preach and minister at? Uh, and I say, well, when I'm in the area, I'll let you know. Well, I'll be in the area. Friday, October 25th, 2013. Friday, November 1st, 2013. Friday, November 8th, 2013, and Friday, November 15th, 2013. Coming up, October 25th, November 1st, November 8th, and November 15th, I'll be preaching at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan at 7.30 p.m. And I want you to be there. Now, it's the Hilton Garden Inn, 27355 Cabaret Drive in Novi. It's a free event. Bring your family. If you are sick in your body... Uh, if you came to our supernatural service in March, people were getting healed. God was touching uh, people left and right. People healed all sorts of things. And I want you to come, but I'm doing it this time four weeks in a row. So I don't want you to miss one of these uh, weeks because I'm going to go through everything I just told you about. And it's going to be a supernatural time. Someone gave me a testimony of the book. They were reading it. They said, I've been reading this book and I've learned more now than I have in three years. And uh, either that means there's a lot in the book or they weren't learning anything in three years. Either way, it will bless your life and I want you to get it. You say, how can I order it? Go on Amazon.com and get your copy today. Now listen, I don't hardly make any money from you buying it on Amazon.com. So I'm not here doing it as a business. I want it to be a blessing to your life. I want you to get the message out. Give a copy to your boss or someone in your family. It will take you on your journey and help you begin your walk in Jesus to become everything that you, he said that you could be in him. Now, let's get to our word tonight. I'm here at the studio, 313-838-1035. Call in tonight and I'll take your prayer request or we'll just come together or if you have a question. I feel like chit-chatting tonight, so call in. I want to talk to you tonight about the realm of spirit. I don't have... Uh, any intention of getting through everything that I want to talk tonight, so maybe next week we'll pick up. But I'm going to at least begin talking to you about the spirit realm. It says here in Revelation chapter 4, I want to read to you what John said. He said, And immediately I was in the spirit. Suddenly he was in the spirit. Out of nowhere, he was in the spirit. This word being in the spirit, this term means that in just a blip of time he became aware of a dimension that he was not previously aware of at that time there is a dimension that is going all around you and when the Holy Ghost wheels for you to see that dimension you can actually tap into that and of course I've taught on the show many times that our battle is not with anything except for this realm and there are spirits <clears throat> that are against you now I'm not here tonight to scare you but I'm here to inform you and preach to you the Word of God. Now, I preach the whole Word of God. And I want to let you know, friend, that there are a kingdom, there is a kingdom of darkness 
that has aligned itself against you for your demise. There's a kingdom of darkness that has aligned itself against you for your failure, for your defeat. And a lot of the thoughts that you're having right now at home, these are not your thoughts. They're the thoughts of the devil. They're the thoughts of demon spirits that are coming to put thoughts in your mind. Thoughts of suicide, thoughts of perversion, thoughts of depression, thoughts of fear, thoughts that begin to eat at your mind like a cancer. And this is the battle that you're facing in the spirit realm. And in just a second, John was clued into this realm, and he saw a dimension that he wasn't at that time conscious of, and he began to see the activity that was going on in the spirit realm. And so, like I said, I don't mean to scare you, but there's a realm that is not just working for you, as John saw, but there's in this realm a kingdom that is working against you, and many people listening tonight need to be reminded that the issue that you are having difficulty with may not be anything other than a spiritual issue. And one of these things that are working against you could be the kingdom of darkness. Yes, that means that the problem that you're facing could be the presence of a wicked spirit that is trying to come against you and hinder you and hurt you. Now, if you're someone listening tonight, you say, well, I just think that it's possible that, you know, while I sleep, I'm tormented with thoughts of fear. You can't go to sleep because you're afraid. You can't leave the house without sensing fear and death around you. You know, there's people that I talk to, and they sense death around them at all times. If that's you calling to this show tonight, I want to break the power of that spirit off of your life. People say, I'm just conscious of death. Everywhere I go, I feel like I'm going to die today. You call into this show and I'm going to pray for you and take authority over that spirit of death. People are too conscious of death sometimes. And I want to break the power of that thing over your life. And I want you to come into my service and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. But Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 and 44, that evil spirits are here and existing upon this earth for the purpose of hurting mankind. Now, it says here in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 43, I've taught this verse before. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and doesn't find any. Then he says, I'll return into my house from whether I came. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then he goes and takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be in this wicked generation. Now, Jesus was talking to you about evil spirits. Now, I find it interesting that Jesus knew this about evil spirits. Jesus had a ministry teaching on the demonic. He knew how they operated. He knew their strategies. And he knew how to combat them. Today, we don't have churches everywhere that preach about evil spirits. They're trying to be cute. They're trying to do church and not be quote-unquote churchy. But I have news for you. You cannot be like that and operate in the power of God. You don't go to church to try and be cute. You go to church to take care of kingdom business. It's when the ecclesia, the called out ones, come together. Now I'm going to say this as a side note. The church is not, Sunday morning service is a gathering of believers. It's not unbelievers that are coming to church. It's believers that are coming together to worship God. People that are born again, when you witness, you leave the church to witness. But the church 
is not supposed to appeal to the world because a church that wants to appeal to the world is eventually going to use the world's tactics because what attracts the world is the world. What attracts the believer should be the glory and the presence of God. So if you're trying to attract the world, you have to use what attracts the world, and that's the world. So what you use in the church is to come together to lift up the name of Jesus. And when people come in, it's to lift them up and to glorify Him, and to be with the fellowship of the saints, what Scripture calls koinonia. Now, okay, unclean spirits cooperate through human beings. Their interest and their target is humans. Yes, there are demons walking the earth today. Millions and billions of them. There's a, for every unclean behavior and every unclean habit, there is an evil spirit to accompany and propagate it. Mark chapter 1 and verse 23. The very, one of the very first miracles that Jesus does in the book of Mark that's recorded. As a matter of fact, there's five cases of deliverance in the first chapter of the gospel of Mark. But it says here in Mark chapter 1, 23, And there is in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? There was a man with an unclean spirit. Sitting in the temple. Very, I mean, you just don't see in the Gospels demons associated out or separate from humans. And so he, demons' interests are in human beings and humans uh, allow demon spirits to take advantage of them because if a demon wants to operate in a human being, the human has to give the demon right. And that is because humans by nature have dominion and authority over devils. And here's the reason, first of all, number one, humans are a higher race just based upon their point of origin. Now, I don't have time to talk about deep into demonology tonight. But demons were not created like angels, and demons were not created the way humans were created. As a matter of fact, it's uh, more complicated, and we're not going to get into it tonight. But the point of origin of demon spirits just makes them lower than the human race, saved or unsaved. Humans, by nature, were created in the sight of God. Go down the street and find some person that's not born again. And that person still was created in the sight of God and has the very breath of God living in them. And there is no breath of God in any demon spirit. Demons don't have the evident blueprint of the Lord God Almighty in them. They were not created in the sight of God. And though they're spiritual, the seed of God is not in them. They were created by nature with the rebellious seed of the serpent. And demons by nature are more animalistic and carnal than human beings. Now, we do have a flesh. The Greek word for flesh is sarx. We have a flesh, carne. We have a material side to us, but we also have a spiritual side to us. Uh, and demon spirits are disembodied. They don't have a body, but their spiritual side is not divine. It is very animalistic, and it is very carnal. And when demons begin to take advantage of human beings, human beings... The, the human beings begin to change their demeanor and take on the characteristic of the spirit that is hindering them. And demons begin 
to gain advantage and take advantage of men through two things. Number one, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, the Bible says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. So one of the very first things that allows the operation of demon spirits into people's life is ignorance. And the second thing is rebellion. When people have a rebellious heart. The biggest example I can give to you is Judas in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 3 where he plotted in his heart that he was going to turn Jesus over. And when he did that, the Bible says that Satan entered in. That means he came into league with the kingdom of darkness. And he began to be a pawn of the accuser. And he was no longer being used by God because of his rebellion. The protection that God had over his life was removed. Now, I understand that we live in grace. I was studying grace today. And I very much believe in the grace of God. But one thing about the grace of God is that... Uh, God's grace is a gift that's been given to every man. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that where sin abounds, grace doth us oh much more abound. That's Romans chapter 5. And when it says that sin abounds, the Greek word that's used for abounds is a plain, simple Greek word that simply means abound. The word that says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound, the word there, bound, where it talks about grace abounding, is a word, is, is a, is a, a compound word wherein the root of the word means overly abounds, much more abounds, but it's connected to the word upper, hooper, and that's where we get the word hyper or hypo, and it is an exaggerated thought of saying it much more abounds more and more and more and more. There is an endless supply that is just not going to run out. God has given you all the grace that you need to be saved, all the grace that you need to overcome the weaknesses of this body that you're in, and to overcome demon spirits. You, you're, you are never going to run out of a supply of grace. You are the agent that is a recipient of God's grace, and God's glory is manifested and is seen through you. Every time an angel or uh, created beings look at mankind, they will glorify God because they'll see God's grace and operation working in you. But in order for you to walk out that grace, you have to receive it, and you receive his gift of grace through the hand of faith. It requires faith on your part, or that grace is not going to be active in your life. In the same sense, it requires obedience on your part. And... um. When you're not walking in obedience and you get into rebellion, you halt and stop the grace of God in your life from operating. You say, is that works? Listen, this whole thing is uh, going to take cooperation. It took cooperation for man to sin. It's going to take cooperation for man to carry out his redemption. So when you get into rebellion and you get into willful, you willfully remain ignorant. Demon spirits can begin to take advantage of you and to control you and to hurt you and to hinder you. And I want to identify some of those spirits tonight and believe God that he will continue to minister his grace to you to give you the authority that you need to walk in the power of God. Tonight we're here 313-838-1035. We are talking about demon spirits unclean spirits and I'm going to give to you five demon spirits that seek to control men uh, now I want to say this tonight before I start giving you the names of several spirits that are identified in the word of God 
that the names of these spirits don't mean that they're the actual spirit of the person for whom that they're named after. It means that it is the kind of demon in whom the individual took on the characteristic of. Uh, and I want to say this too. Now I'm ministering on devils and demons tonight. Uh, but I don't want you to, after I minister this, become a ghostbuster and just feel you have to go around your house and there's a demon under every rock and every closet. I don't mean that. And I don't want you to abuse what I'm teaching you tonight. But I need to teach you on devils and I need to teach you on demons because they're a very real thing. A lot of the crazy behavior that we see today that cannot be helped by medicine is the presence of a demon spirit. And what people need today, I believe, is not more Klonopin or not more Xanax. People need deliverance. They need to be delivered from thoughts of their past that the devil has a foothold to begin to use it to torment people with. They need freedom from some of the spirits I'm going to talk about tonight. 313-838-1035. First Kings chapter 21 and verse number 25. The very first spirit I'm going to talk about tonight is the spirit of Jezebel. Now I'm not talking about Jezebel dead and come back to life. I'm talking about the kind of spirit that was operating in Jezebel to cause Jezebel to be the way that she was. It says in First Kings 21 and Verse number 25, but there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. Whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. So Ahab was wicked in the sight of God, but he was stirred up by his wife Jezebel. Well, let's talk about Jezebel for a second. Who was Jezebel? Jezebel was the daughter of the king of Sidon in Phoenicia. Now, there's the first mistake right there. He married a Phoenician. She was a foreigner and she was not of Israel, which means that she was unfamiliar with the God of Israel. That means that she didn't understand the law of Moses. She didn't understand the covenant that the children of Israel had. That's why, friend, you don't want to marry, if you're a born-again believer, somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Well, they're so fine. I just think they're so pretty. No, no, no. It's going to cause you problems. Because if they don't have Jesus in their life, they're opening themselves up to the potential of being misled or misdirected by demons. And... Jezebel was so, she was a foreigner. And when Ahab married Jezebel, he opened the door for this spirit to begin manifesting in his life. Because listen, spirits rub off and transfer to other spirits. You got to be very careful about the associations that you have in your life, friend. Because the associations that you make are going to determine what kind of spirits become active in your life. And when you associate closely with certain individuals, you allow the spirit on them to begin to have place in your life. This was no doubt the tactic of the enemy. There's no question in my mind that when Jezebel worshipped Baal and Ashtaroth, the false gods that uh, the Phoenicians worshipped, that these demon spirits that powered these entities got a hold of her and she became demon-possessed. And so these gods... Of course, when you study the history of them, they demanded human sacrifices, perverse practices, drunkenness, wickedness, debauchery. And 
they wanted weren't just satisfied being in Phoenicia, these demon spirits. They wanted to find a foothold in Israel, and they were desirous to enter into Israel and wreak havoc. And they were using Jezebel as a channel or as a way of doing that. And so she gets possessed with this devil. Somehow she meets Ahab, and Ahab decides to marry her. And he allows this spirit that's inside of Jezebel or that's operating in her life to come into Israel. And this is where the enemy starts to go and be corrupt. Now Ahab allowed the entrance of the spirit. And Ahab represents men and leaders who are weak. And they do not recognize evil. Ahab was passive. He was tolerant. And he was a poor leader. Because he did not take his responsibility seriously and protect Israel. Listen. If there's men listening tonight, your responsibility as a man of your house is to pray, is to plead the blood of Jesus over your wife, over your kids, over your parents. You're the high priest of the home, and you keep evil away from your house with your prayers. And you make sure that your family follows suit because you are the leader, because you're the man. Now, Jezebel was a controller and she was a manipulator and she was self-centered and she was selfish this kind of spirit that was on Jezebel was one that sought to control Ahab because this spirit likes to disdain authority dominate any kind of leadership and refuses to cohabit with others unless this person can be in control it's the kind of spirit that demands equal rights. That demands that, you know, that likes to skew the line between the role between men and women. I believe men and women, of course, have equal rights. But what I'm saying is that man has a certain role and woman has a certain role. The Bible outlines that, what they're supposed to do. This spirit likes to come along and likes to keep, whether a man's operating or a woman's operating the spirit, won't submit, won't be obedient, will dominate leadership, will resent leadership. And this is a spirit that you see operating in King Herod's wife. Of course, you know the story. King Herod uh, had a wife, and she wanted John the Baptist dead. And so uh, King Herod's wife took her own daughter to dance for Herod, and Herod got so turned on that he told his, his wife's daughter, what do you want? Anything half, up to half my kingdom? And, of course, the woman whispers in her daughter, tell her you want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And she says, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. Well, this is that controlling, manipulating spirit trying to put to naught the work of God. This spirit, you will find, operates in three areas. First of all, it operates in the individual's life, in a person's life. It can happen and operate inside the lives of people in church. It causes jealousy and it causes division, it causes strife. But you want to really look for manipulation, manipulation tactics, making somebody feel guilty, making somebody feel condemned, using uh, pleasure to entice, using sex to manipulate. Using pleasure to manipulate, give, take, push, pull, things like that. 
Also, it operates in the body of Christ and it operates in the church. Now, I want to say this to pastors that are listening tonight. Many times, fornication and seduction in the church is a result of this spirit. There are sometimes churches, of course, that goes on. I hate to say it, probably every church, but that just happens. Happened in the churches that Paul set up. But you have to pastor well to keep that stuff from happening. But sometimes it becomes an epidemic. And everybody's doing it. And it's just like everywhere you look, people are sleeping around. Everywhere you look, people are involved in sexual sin. This is the indication that there's a spirit inside the church. And the spirit is taking down the people and it is working its way to taking down the leadership of the church. If, see, I believe that this spirit likes to come creeping around churches and set its eyes on leadership. I've noticed that leadership doesn't just usually fall. One person falls in leadership. It's usually two or three or four people that fall. Uh, have you noticed that? That in the body of Christ... That it's not just one isolated person. When someone falls, it's a couple of people that are falling. Why do you think that is? That's because this spirit is targeting people. Picking them off and picking them apart. And many times, if our uh, senses are not uh, accurately tuned to discern between good and evil, this spirit goes in, it wreaks havoc, and it goes unnoticed and flies under the radar. This spirit also is rampant in our nation we see this in pop culture which affects our young people look at our young women today do you know how rude they are how crass how uh, narcissistic they can be look at our men today look at how passive they've become uh, it really looks like in America that women want to be men and men want to be women and that's not acceptable men can't be Ahab's Women can't be Jezebels where you take the role of man and you flip it to the role of women. Men are supposed to be masculine. Women are supposed to be feminine. That's how God created you. Effeminacy is forbidden in scripture. Desiring to want to be a woman if you're a man or desiring to want to be a man if you're a woman is inappropriate. People today think that they can get operations where they take care of this thing. But I have to tell you that even if you have an operation like that, uh, you still can't change the way your brain is made up, and scientists will tell you that the, ma the a male brain is different from a female brain, and, and one operation is not going to change that. Uh, so when people have these operations and they, you know, demand they be called, if they're a woman, they say, well, I want to be called a man now. I'm not going to call you, man, because you're not. You're a woman. Okay? That's the way you were born. Characteristics of a Jezebel spirit. Attacks weakest members of the church looks for arrogant rebellious people and it will spread gossip and division uh, you can see evidence of this demon spirit when you see women talking bad about their husbands uh, when you see men bashing their wives listen if you have a problem with your spouse you need to take uh, care of that at home and talk about it with your husband or with your wife. Don't air out your dirty laundry uh, when you're at church with people. Don't tell your girlfriends everything because your girlfriends talk. And don't men, don't tell your guy friends everything because they talk too. 
You want to keep that kind of stuff between yourselves. So, you say, well, how can I keep myself on guard from the Spirit? Uh, well, first of all, you want to guard your heart. And the way you do that is you, say, you stay saturated in prayer. When you notice people under the Spirit, remember, you are to pray against the Spirit and not the person. Now, when you see these kind of symptoms operating in somebody... It's best to stay away from that person and pray from that person from a distance. Because anytime you know that there's some type of spirit operating in an individual, and I don't mean they're demon-possessed. I just mean that they have the influence of a spirit. Well, how could you say that, Brother Palmer? You're supposed to be nice. Are you telling me there's people walking around in the church that are influenced by devils? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And I'm telling you that that's why we need to pray as the body of Christ. Because, listen... The one thing the devil wants to do to churches is he wants to stop the prayer. He wants to stop the intercession because that is going to determine the expectancy of the people. It's going to determine the mindset. It's going to determine what people are expecting from the pastor. And if the devil can get people to go into routine when they pray or get into tradition when they pray, it will be unsuccessful. Now, I want to take a minute and say this about prayer because I feel led to say this. You know, every prayer that you pray before God should be and require the help of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we come up with formulas for prayer. We come up with lists to pray. And they're good things and they're noble things. And as a matter of fact, they're things that the Word of God tells us to pray. But the way that we pray should always be led by the Spirit. We shouldn't just go and say, this is how we're going to pray and sink into routine every time. Because you can get into routine and not connect with God. You need to pray as the Spirit leads. And what a church should teach is how people, teach people how to get into a flow where you pray by the Spirit 100% of the time. Not teach people to grab a list and just start praying for stuff. Because if the prayer is not coming from the heart and it's not backed by faith, it's not going to be effectual. And nobody will be able to get into agreement with it. But, if somebody knows how to tap the Spirit realm... And start praying by the Spirit, that's when, you start that's when you start launching the authority of God, that's when things start changing, and that's when heaven begins to stop, <clears throat> actually begins to start responding to what you're praying. Okay? So learn to pray by the Spirit. Learn to develop your own spiritual life, and when you do that, you'll begin to recognize the presence of these wicked spirits. People say, well, you know, I don't know this. I never noticed this stuff going on in the church. Well, you should. Or not just in the church, but, God forbid, but you should also notice it in the world. You want to be sensitive because these spirits are operating in people, and you want to make sure that you see them when they're operating, because if you don't and you get involved with that person, you're getting involved with that spirit. And you don't need that in your life because eventually you can get hurt and things can go downhill because you didn't see it to begin with if, and of course you know the story of Ahab he was eventually killed in battle shot through the chest with the arrow and of course you know how Jezebel died tragically uh, well that's what sin does for you so this spirit the end of this spirit uh, <clears throat> eventually is destruction so you want to make sure you keep your guard out you want to make sure that you're in prayer you want to make sure that you're in meditation. You want to make sure that you're keeping your eyes on what the Spirit of God is speaking. We're going to go to break in just a minute, in just a minute. But before we do, I want to say that if you've been listening to the Transforming Truth broadcast and it's been a blessing to you, I want to remind you that we are a listener-supported broadcast. 
we thank every person that partners with us and every person that uh, is a partner with Chris Palmer Ministries. When we get your letters in the mail, we receive your uh, contributions. We appreciate it. If you want to give to Chris Palmer Ministries, you can give P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or you can write to us, info at chrispalmerministries.com. We are looking for people that want to sponsor our book to go different places. We are looking to get our book translated into Italian. To go over there, I'll be in Italy uh, in uh, December and in January. And so we're looking to expand. And so if you want to contribute, we ask that you send P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. And we also want to send 100 copies of our book down to the Turks and Caicos Islands. So if you want to sponsor that, you can do that. And you'll help get the Word of God out as we teach people about what it means to be born again, what it means to be led by the Spirit, getting people away from religion. And we want to take people deep. And we want people to develop a real, authentic walk with the Holy Ghost. Now... We're going to go to break. The song that you're about to hear is a song in Italian. Now, I want to tell you that God doesn't speak English. He speaks all languages. He doesn't even speak language. He's, a, he's not dependent upon language. He can speak to you apart from your language. But it's a song in Italian. Uh, one of the people I was with in Italy, my friend Andrea, it's actually a man. That's a male name in Italian. This is his song. And he told me he wanted that, uh, you know, you could play it when you get back to America. And I want to play it. It's called Como La Hora by Andrea Skintu. And uh, you can go on iTunes and get it. Uh, you just type in Andrea, S-C-H-I-N-T-U. I know it will be a blessing to you. Let it minister to you. Now, you won't understand the words of the song unless you speak Italian. But nonetheless, you will sense the anointing of the Holy Ghost on it. When we get back... We will be talking about five demon spirits, identifying them, and learning how to avoid them. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Come l'aurora, tu certamente sorgerai, ed al mattino la guarigione arriverà. Libertà dal cielo scenderà, tu volgerai il tuo sguardo, asciugherai il nostro pianto.
WMUZ Detroit. Buy an HD radio and experience amazing crystal clear digital sound and listen online at WMUZ.com. And we are back here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. It's the top of the hour. If you're still up, we're talking tonight. Five demon spirits that begin to get a foothold in your life and attempt to wreak havoc. And the Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Ignorance is one of the ways that the enemy destroys us. Now, if you're just tuning in, if you go on Amazon.com, you type in the Believer's Journey, Chris Palmer, you will find our very first book, The Believer's Journey by Chris Palmer, and it will be a blessing to your life. This will be a something that will transform you. It will bring you a, a whole new perspective and insight on what it means to be born again and what it means to uh, walk the walk of the Spirit. Now, that's available on Amazon.com. You can get it tonight, order it for your friends. And uh, I'm also teaching that book starting October 25th, which is a Friday night, November 1st, November 8th, and November 15th at 7.30 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. It's a free event. Now, if you've been to our Supernatural Services and you've enjoyed them, you'll really love these services, and we want them to be a blessing for you. So we want them to uh, you know, be something that will help you and uh, be something that will be a blessing to you. So we're going to begin to get back and do more services, and so we want them to um, you know, continue to lift you up. Now, we're talking tonight about five demon spirits. Uh, it says in Second Samuel chapter 5, excuse me, chapter 15, verse number 1 through 6. Of course, you know the story of Absalom. Absalom was the son of David who betrayed him, by leading Israel into rebellion against him. This is uh, the spirit of Absalom. Absalom is a, well, first of all, I'll say the spirit, like I said before, that when I talk about spirits, this is not their spirit. It's a spirit, it's a type of spirit that caused them to get into what they were involved in. When you are mixed up uh, with spirits, you begin to take on the action and you begin to take on the quality of the spirit that is hindering and harassing you. And so this spirit operates in unhappy leaders and people who are unhappy and dissatisfied. So you have to make it a point to guard your heart. Because the enemy is always looking for a foothold. He's always looking for inroad. He's always looking to take uh, and uh, dis- advantage of you. That's why it's very important that when you're involved in some type of sin, when you're involved in some type of uh, rebellion, that you guard your heart and you repent so that these spirits can't come in and take any type of advantage of you. Uh, Well, it says uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 15, the story of Absalom. And you'll see that Absalom was the son of David. He was trying to take the kingdom away from his father. And this type of spirit that was operating in Absalom's life uh, was provoked and produced personal ambition, competition, and self-exaltation. Now, I want to say this, that 
one of the toughest spirits to survive when it comes and begins to hinder you is a spirit of self-exaltation. Because that spirit is very, very quiet. It's very, very subtle. And when it begins speaking to you, it seems great. You like hearing it because everybody, unless you have the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, likes to believe their own press. You like to think that you're doing a better job than what you're really doing. People like to hear that stuff. So when that spirit starts speaking to you, it's hard to survive it. And it will take you down the road to destruction. And this spirit will cause you to begin to obsess over your own ambitions, obsess over your own dreams, your own goals. And it's good to have goals, but you become obsessed with them. It becomes your own idol. It becomes your God. And it will begin to destroy you. And this spirit begins to operate in people when they have a minor offense. Listen, one minor offense in your life can become a fortress in your heart and in your mind. And it will keep you from receiving from God. And it will drive you into rebellion. And it will drive you into producing some type of revolt that God didn't tell you to do. So to keep from being entangled and strife quickly, stay out of offense and guard your heart. The most important thing that God is concerned about is your heart. We're going to go to the phone lines. We have Teresa tonight. Teresa, you're on the Transforming Truth. God bless you. How are you tonight, Teresa? God bless you, Pastor. I'm doing well. I had a question I heard you in the beginning, um, that God will move you from churches. Mm -hmm. I had been a member of a church for about 10 years, and um, I left that church because I needed help, and the pastor told me tough love and I didn't think that was any love at all. And uh, my question is, how do I know I'm in the right church? You know, Jesus is Lord. He's head of the body of the church. Mm -hmm. And he is my Lord and Savior. And for me and my household, he is Lord. Amen. Well, I can say this, that there are right reasons to leave a church, and there are wrong reasons to leave a church. And uh, people leave churches, and God has not told them to leave the church. And then there are some people that they leave the church and the Lord told them to leave. Uh, we have an idea today that, well, the Lord put you there and he's going to keep you there until he comes back. That's not necessarily true. So uh, let me just tell you wrong reasons to leave a church. Okay, if you believe the Lord has led you somewhere, some of the wrong reasons to leave a church is because you may not like certain people there. Uh, you don't like maybe a series the pastor's doing or small things you don't like you know uh the announcements or the church is doing things that programs and things you don't like that's not a good reason to leave the church mm -hmm. uh because that's petty and that's fleshly and that's carnal but right reasons to leave a church is a you feel you're not being fed you feel that the church is preaching something that's off you feel that the leadership is backslidden. You feel that the fire in the presence of God is not there and has not been there and there's no desire for it. You feel that uh, the teaching is off. You feel that uh, you know there's major issues with the leadership that are unbiblical and ungodly. Uh, or there's an abundance of sin in the church. Uh, there is a... Uh, or these are some of the reasons why uh, you know I believe would be deemed appropriate to leave a church 
Okay. So you have to ultimately know and be led by the Spirit where God is calling you to go. But remember this, that when you ask the Lord about where you should go, mm-hmm. you should ask Him where He wants you to serve. Yes. Where are you going to use your resources at? Because you know what you're capable of. And so when you ask the Lord and you pray about where He has you to go, make sure you present to Him and say, Father, where is it that I can take what you've given me and add it to and add my supply and add my abilities to this church? And He'll lead and he'll, He will guide you. Where are you going to take your finances and sow those finances to? Where are you going to help the pastor in his vision? Where is it that you feel that God is calling you to take your supply and add it to that church? If it's where you're at, stay. If it's another church, then you feel the Lord's moving you out. Then you want to be respectful and let the pastor know that it's time for you to move on to someplace else. But, uh, you know, there's a very healthy way to leave. And there's unfortunately some people that they just bounce from church to church to church and cause trouble and then move to the next church and cause trouble. And, of course, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about major mm-hmm. reasons to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was hurt and I did um, think about speaking with the pastor. I... Um, so I, I can still do that. I belong to the church. I've been in the church for about a year. Well, uh, if you've been hurt, I wouldn't say that the reason to leave right away. Uh, everybody's going to be hurt. I think that these are things that we have to work out. Uh, offense is something that the Word of God tells us to put away. And the way you do that is you you confront and you put it down and you work through it. And we're unperfect people. So... Take that offense that you have and go to your brother or your sister and confront them about it and talk to them and look to heal. That's part of being mature as a believer. Okay. So I think that if you get hurt, you just don't walk away from something. You work through it. And uh, so I would tell you that if you've been hurt, you need to, before you leave the church, deal with it because you could go to the next church and get hurt again too and be in the same position. And it's not necessarily the church, it's the people. And you're mm-hmm. going to find people everywhere you go. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for your time and ministering to me. All right, Teresa, let me pray for you, okay? Okay. Father, I thank you for my sister, Teresa. In the name of Jesus, I pray the power of your Holy Spirit be upon her. I pray you fill her with a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. Lead and guide and direct her. Help her, Lord. Lift her heart up. Encourage her. And I pray, Father, that you return to Teresa the joy of your salvation, Father. I pray, Father, that when she goes to pray, the Lord is telling me that when you pray, your times have been, you, you wish they would have be better, more exciting. The Lord says that he's going to rekindle the flame of your prayer time. The Spirit of God says that he's going to rekindle the days. I see you reading the Word of God and the Lord breathing fresh life upon your understanding of the Scripture. You're going to get out of the rut that you've been in. And the Lord says that he's going to refresh your relationship with him. And the Lord says that you're going to even start hearing his voice clear her. And something is being activated in you now, Teresa. And you're going to start hearing that voice very clearly. And you're going to go through a season where you feel the Lord is leading you tangibly. The Lord says just follow where he's leading you. Follow where he's guiding you. He's bringing you even into new things in the next six months. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I release that on Teresa's life. And I thank you, Father. You've asked the Lord about spiritual gifts. And the Lord says to be bold when you sense the unction because he wants to use you in the gifts of healing. And he'll begin to use you in your family. 
And I give you praise, Father, for it. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. You just confirm the word about the gift of healing. And I do, uh, oh, I appreciate you so much. I'm going to go online and stay in touch with you. Uh, we're doing our services uh, in October 25th, so come out to see me <coughs> in the Hilton Garden in okay, and, and it will be a blessing for you, okay? All right. God bless you. God bless you, you Teresa. Be blessed. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're talking tonight about we're talking tonight about five demon spirits that try to hinder your relationship with God. And we're certainly going to pick up with this next week, so I don't want you to miss it. We've only talked about two tonight. And we'll probably leave it at two because we'll stay with the phones. We have Vanessa on the Transforming Truth. God bless you. Vanessa, how are you? Hi, Chris. Um, I know I posted on your page and as well, um, I sent you an instant message. What you've been um, ministering on tonight is right on point. And I wanted to say because I know I talked to my pastor about um, a friend, and I was telling him that I don't believe that God would have me um, be a person that's um, accountable person to somebody if it takes me back to something that I um, was delivered out of. And he told me before, he said, your best thing is to walk in love towards the person and to pray for them. But I didn't do it because of, you know, being a friend and still trying to be concerned with them. So I still um, just kept in touch with them and was still around them. Mm-hmm. And recently, I really got opened up my eyes to some things where I did see manipulation. I did get, I got offended, which I had to pray and repent because I didn't want that to stop my prayers. And I got upset also, but I had to mm-hmm. repent again mm-hmm. because I know it was really God that was telling me just exactly what you said to pray for this person from a distance. Yeah, you don't your distance from them. All right. Yeah, you, you just make sure you remember you, you're wrestling not against the flesh, it's against the spirit, and you don't have to be close to a person to pray against what's working in their life. Amen? Amen. Thank you for sharing, Vanessa. I appreciate it. We love you and appreciate all your support. Always enjoy seeing your messages, Vanessa. Thank so, you. God, God bless you. you. Okay. And we have Angelina. You're on the Transforming Truth. How are you tonight? I'm okay. How are you, sir? I am doing wonderful. Now, we have just two minutes, so we want to help you. Well, um, I want you to pray because uh, I have a couple of things, but is there somewhere I could speak to you privately about uh, some concerns that I have? Yep. You know what? Uh, hang up and call back, and I'll talk to you after the show, okay? Okay. But but right now, I'd like you to also pray for my son because he hurt his head tonight. Okay. And he's got a big bump, and just that, that he be okay because he's really a wonderful boy. How old, so is your son? Is, How old is your son? He's five years old, and he fell out of the car. I was right. talking to someone, and the, me, I, he was trying to shut the door, and he fell, and he hurt all right, his let head, me, and he got a big All right. I want to pray for him. Let me pray because we have 30 seconds. Father, in the, what's your son's name, Angelina? John, John Michael. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for John Michael. I speak to this bump on his head right now. I speak to every infirmity in his body, every weakness. I command the swelling to go down. I command healing power to flow in his body. Angelina, I want you to go lay your hand on him, and I want you to speak the word of the Lord, and I want you to command everything in his body to line up with the word of God. In the name of Jesus, I release your power and your healing touch in this young man's life. Yes. In the yes. name of yes. Jesus, yes. and I declare God. Healing and health praise right now God. in Jesus' yes, name. Oh, in God. Jesus' Thank name. Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Angelina. We'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We have one more. Tammy, you on the Transforming Truth. God bless you. 
Hi, thank you. Can we, um, have, we I have 30 was, seconds real quick, 30 seconds. Okay, I was calling for a prayer request. Um, I had, um, I've been a Christian for three and a half years, and I did something really stupid last night, and I had um, intercourse with somebody, and I just want to, to God, like I repented, but I just, I heard you talking, and I was just hoping I can get a prayer. So okay, say um, this. I want, I want you to repent. I want you to. I want to. Well, you need to. Re- you, you. You need to. Re- yes. Say this. I repent, me. Father God, for lust and um, having sexual relations. And um, I've been a Christian for three and a half years, and this is the first time that I done that. And so I just pray for His forgiveness and uh, for mercy and and. Uh, and that you know to give me strength, and so then um, I have more self-control in, in in this area of my life. Say this with me. Say, Lord. Just say, Timmy, Lord, I renounce. Oh Lord, I renounce every soul tie. Every soul tie that was created last night. That was created last night. And I break the power. And I break the power of the enemy in my life. Of the enemy in my life. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay, Tammy. Write us at info at chrispalmerministries.com. I want you to go to church. Do you have a church that you belong to? Yes, I do, yes. Okay, I want you to go to church tomorrow and uh, find the pastor's wife or a woman at the church that you can speak with and and uh, so she can help you not to fall into this again, okay? And God loves you. He doesn't condemn you, but you want to keep the enemy out of your life, okay, Tammy? Thank you so much. God bless you, you, okay? God bless you. God Thank bless you for tuning you. in. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for tonight. We're going to wrap this show up. God bless you. We'll be back next week, 12.15 a.m. on the Transforming Truth. Talk to you then. God bless. Have a good night. Now that you've received the Transforming Truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ, 103.5 FM, The Light.